Chapter 2 The Cow In the name of God, the most compassionate, the most merciful. Aleph, Lam, Mim. This is the book in which there is no doubt about it being the word of God. It is a guide for those who guard themselves, those who believe in the unseen, establish the prayer by turning toward God, and spend out of the provisions we have given them. And those who believe in what we have sent to you, O Muhammad, and sent down to the prophets before you, and who have certainty about the hereafter. They are traveling upon guidance from their Lord and are the successful ones. But for those who disbelieve, it is the same for them whether you warn them of their actions' consequences or do not warn them, for they will definitely not believe. And so God has placed a seal upon their hearts and ears, closed their minds and drawn a veil of heedlessness across their eyes. They shall face a severe punishment in the future. Some people say with their tongues, We believe in God and the last day, but in their hearts they are not believers. They imagine that they deceive God and those who believe, while in fact they only deceive themselves. However, they do not understand this. The seeds of a sickness of untruth and hypocrisy is located in the depths of their heart, and because their deeds water them, God has increased their sickness. As a result of the lies they would constantly tell, by pretending to believe, a painful punishment awaits them in the future. If they are told, do not cause corruption in the land. They reply, We are only true reformers. Know that they are the real agents of corruption, but they are not aware of this fact. If they are told believe like the good-hearted and honest people have believed, they ask with arrogant disdain, Do you expect that we shall believe like the simple-minded fools have believed. Know that they are the real fools, but they do not know. And one sign of their hypocrisy is that, when meeting those who believe, they proclaim, We also believe. But when they are alone with their devils, their friends and confederates, they say, We are with you. We were only deriding those others. With this act, it is God who derides them and leaves them bewildered in their rebellion. Those are the ones who have purchased error in exchange for guidance. Therefore, they did not profit from their trade and were not guided. Their parable is like that of someone who, trying to find his or her way, kindled a fire and then, just as their surroundings became illuminated, God snatched their light away and left them in the darkness where they could not see. Being, for all practical purposes, deaf, dumb, 
and blind to God's signs, they will not return to the straight path. Or like those caught in a rainstorm from the sky, wherein is darkness from the clouds and the booms of thunder and lightning. Terrified, they put their fingers in their ears due to the deafening thunderclaps, apprehensive of death. And God besieges the faithless on all sides. The lightning's intense brightness almost snatches away their sight. Whenever it lights their way for them, they walk a few steps in its illumination. When darkness falls upon them, they stand still. Had God willed, he would have taken away their hearing and their sight, and compelled them to believe. Surely God has power over all things. O people, worship your Lord who created you and those who were before you, so that you may guard yourselves. Who made earth like a carpet for you for comfort and the heavens a shelter to protect you from meteors and cosmic rays? We sent down from the heavens rains full of blessings with which he brought forth all kinds of agricultural produce for your sustenance. So do not set up equals for God when you know that only He sustains you. If you doubt the truth of what we have sent down to our servant, Muhammad, bring a chapter like it and call your own witnesses besides God to help you if what you say is true. If you cannot, and you never will, then beware of a fire prepared for the faithless, a fire whose fuel is people and stones. Give good news to those who believe and do righteous deeds, that in the hereafter they shall have verdant gardens beneath which rivers flow. Whenever they are given sustenance from its fruits, they say, This is the same sustenance that was provided before in our worldly life with our faith and righteous deeds, because they were provided with sustenance similar to these blessings of the garden. They shall have pure partners therein and be immortal. To help people understand his signs, God is not ashamed to draw a parable of anything, even if it is that of a gnat or something above it. As for those who have faith, they know that it, this parable, is the truth from their Lord, and will draw a lesson from it. But as for those who deny, they ask, out of stubbornness and derision, What did God mean by this parable? By these parables He leads many astray and guides many, but He leads no one astray by them, except those who transgress, break the covenant made with God after having pledged it solemnly, sever what God has commanded to be joined and cause corruption in the land. It is they who are the losers. How can you deny God's power to bring about the resurrection and give you new life, even though 
In the beginning you were lifeless, and then he gave you life. Then he will make you die and return to the dust, and then on the day of judgment shall bring you to life from the dust once more, and then you will be brought back to him. It is he who created everything in and on earth for you, and made it a place for human flourishing. Then he turned to creating the protective layers of the sky, and fashioned it into seven heavens, layers or levels. He has knowledge of all things. Recall when, after material life had reached perfection and was protected from cosmic radiation and heavenly bodies, your Lord said to the angels, I am about to set a successor in relation to previous generations on earth. They asked, Will you set it in someone who will misuse their free will and power to cause corruption in it, the land, and shed blood, while we continuously celebrate your praise and proclaim your sanctity? He replied, Indeed, I know something that you do not. God taught Adam all of the names, the essence of all things, and then presented them to the angels. As a test, he said, If you are right and your predictions about humanity's future are correct, then tell me the names of these essences of things. They said, Our Lord, glory be to you. We know nothing but that which you have taught us. Certainly, you alone are the all-knowing, the all-wise. He said, O Adam, inform the angels of their names, behavior, and existential effects. And when he had done so, he asked, Did I not tell you that I indeed know the unseen of the heavens and earth, and whatever you reveal and conceal? And recall, when we told the angels, Prostrate to Adam, serve his growth and flourishing. They all prostrated, except for Iblis. He refused, acted arrogantly toward Adam, and thus was one of the faithless who denied the truth. We said, O Adam, dwell with your spouse Eve in paradise and eat freely from it wherever and whenever you wish. But do not approach this tree, or else you will be one of the wrongdoers. Then Satan caused both of them to break their covenant, which dislodged them from the conditions in which they had dwelled. We said, Get down from it, paradise, being enemies with one another by following Satan. On earth shall be your home and provision, of worldly sustenance for a while until the end of your lives. After this, Adam received some words from his Lord and repented with awareness and regret. God accepted his repentance and returned to him out of his mercy. Indeed, God is the all-forgiving, 
most merciful. We said to the children of Adam, Get down from it altogether. Yet, should any guidance come to you from me in the wilderness of earth, those who follow my guidance shall have no fear, nor shall they grieve. But those who reject our guidance and deny our signs shall be companions of the fire and shall remain in it forever. O children of Israel, always remember my blessing that I bestowed upon you. Fulfill my covenant so that I may fulfill your covenant and fear me alone as opposed to your enemies or anyone else. Believe in that which I have sent down, which confirms what is with you, and do not be the first ones to deny it. Do not sell my signs for a paltry gain, and be wary of me alone. Do not cover the truth, its purity, with falsehood, your personal whims and opinions, and do not consciously conceal it. Establish the prayer give the zakat, and bow down with those who bow. Show complete commitment and adherence to God's command. Will you constantly bid others to goodness and forget about yourselves? This while you continue to recite the book of God. Why do you not use your reason? Take recourse in patience and prayer in times of difficulty. However, it is indeed difficult to pray except for the humble, those who expect that they will encounter their Lord and return to Him. O children of Israel, always remember my blessing that I bestowed upon you, and know that I gave you superiority over all of the world's inhabitants. Beware of the day on which no person shall compensate for another. No intercession shall be accepted from them, and no ransom shall be taken from them in exchange for overlooking their sins. Nor will they, the sinners, be helped. Recall the time we saved you from Pharaoh and his clan, who tormented you severely. They killed your sons and kept your women as slaves. And in these grievous tribulations was a great test for you from your Lord. Recall the time we split the sea because of the power of your faith and reliance upon us, and thereby saved you and drowned Pharaoh and his clan while you looked on. Recall when we made an appointment with Moses on Mount Sinai for forty nights to prepare him spiritually to receive the Ten Commandments. Then, while he was absent, you took up the calf to worship, and thus you were truly wrongdoers. Then, after that, we forgave you, so that perhaps you would give thanks for our forgiveness and mercy. Recall when we gave Moses the book and the criterion of distinguishing truth from falsehood so that you might be guided. Recall when Moses said to his people, 
O my people, you have indeed wronged yourselves by taking up the calf for worship. So turn to your absolver and return to his side and kill yourselves, for that will be better for you with your absolver. He then turned to you with his forgiveness and mercy. Surely he is the all-clement, the all-merciful. Recall when you said, O Moses, we will not believe you unless we see God clearly. Then, as a result of this ignorant presumption, a thunderbolt seized you as you looked on. Then we raised you up and brought you back to life after your death so that you might give thanks for this new life. In the Sinai desert we shaded you with clouds and made manna and quails, a kind of free natural sustenance, your daily provision, and proclaimed, Eat of the pure things we have provided for you. And they did not wrong us through their ingratitude, but only themselves. Recall when we said, Enter this village, town, and eat freely of that which is therein, of its blessings, wherever and whenever you wish. Enter the gate prostrating, humble and submitting to the requirements of social life, and speak humbly that we might forgive your faults. We shall enhance the good doers in their faithful character. But then the wrongdoers changed the saying, the humble speech, with other words. So because of the transgressions they used to commit, we sent down an impurity, the effects of their deeds from the sky, on those who were wrongdoers. Recall when Moses prayed for water for his people, and we said, Strike the rock with your staff. Then, when he did this, twelve fountains gushed forth from it. Every member of the twelve tribes knew its drinking place. Eat and drink out of God's provision, but do not act rebelliously in the land, causing corruption. Recall when you said, O Moses, we will not stand for only one kind of food, so call upon your Lord for us, that he may bring forth for us of that which grows in the soil, such as its greens and its cucumbers, its wheat, its lentils, and its onions. He replied, Do you want to exchange that which is superior with that which is inferior? If you would give up the desert's freedom for a more varied diet, then go down to any town, and you will indeed get what you ask for. So, because they abandoned the program designed to build them up as a people for comfort and pleasure, they were struck with abasement and poverty and earned God's anger. That, because they would deny God's signs and kill the prophets contrary to all that is right. That, because they would disobey and constantly transgress the rights of others. Surely, those who believe in Islam 
and also the Jews, the Christians, and the Sabians, essentially those who have believed in God and the last day and act righteously, shall have their reward near their Lord. They will have no fear, nor will they grieve. Recall when we made a covenant with you, raised Mount Sinai above you, and warned you, Hold on tightly to what teachings we have given you in the Torah, and be mindful of that which is in it so that you may be wary. But then you turned away yet again. Were it not for God's grace upon you and His mercy, you would surely have been among the losers. Even though you know about the fate of those who violated the Sabbath, by working on that day. So we said to them, Be you like spurned apes, and yet you still continue on the same path. So we made it their outcome, an exemplary deterrent for those in the present and those in the future, as well as a lesson to those who are wary. So why won't you learn from it? Recall when Moses said to his people, remembering the bitter experience of their return to idolatry, Verily, God commands you to slaughter a cow. They asked in amazement, Are you mocking us? Do you think we are so ignorant as to slaughter such a useful animal? He replied, I seek refuge with God, lest I should be one of the senseless. They said, Ask your Lord to clarify for us what this cow may be. He answered, He says, She is a cow, neither old, no longer fit to work, nor young, not used yet for labor, but of an age in between. Now do what you are commanded immediately. They replied, Ask your Lord on our behalf to clarify what color she should be. He said, My Lord says, She is a cow that is yellow, of a bright hue, golden, whose color pleases those who see her. They said, Ask your Lord to clarify for us which one she may be. Truthfully, we do not know which cow this is, but if God wishes, we will certainly be guided to the right path and fulfill his command. He told them, He says she is a cow, not broken by a yoke, to plough the soil or to water the tilth, without mark or blemish due to illness. They said, Now you have brought the whole truth. So, left with no choice, they slaughtered it, although they were on the verge of not doing so. Recall when you killed a man, and then you deferred about it by accusing each other, and God is the one who brings forth whatever you keep hidden. We said, Strike him, the victim, with a piece of it, the slaughtered cow, for this is how God revives the dead. He shows you his signs, so that you might reflect and apply what you know.
Then, after that, instructive experience, your hearts hardened, becoming like stones or even harder. For indeed, there are stones from which streams gush, some that split from which water comes forth, and some that fall as mountains are eroded for the fear of God. And God is not oblivious of what you, stone-hearted people, do. And yet you still hope that they would believe you, even though a group of them would hear God's word through his prophet, and then knowingly distort it to match their own inclinations after they had understood it. Whenever they meet a believer, they say, We believe. And whenever they are alone with each other, they say, Do you recount to them, the Muslims, what God has revealed to you of the Torah's truths and the good news it contains about the final messenger's coming, so that they may argue with you about it before your Lord on the day of resurrection? Why do you not use your reason? Do they not know that God surely knows whatever parts of the Torah they hide and whatever parts they disclose? And some of them are illiterates who know nothing of the book, the Torah, except naive and racist dreams, and so they only conjecture based on their own imaginings. So woe to those who write things. They claim to be part of the divine law or accounts of past prophets, with their own hands, and then say, This material is from God, so that they may sell these writings for a paltry gain, to win popular support and gain mastery over the people. So woe to them for what they have written with their own hands, and woe to them for what power and wealth they earn thereby. They say, the fire shall only touch us lightly for a number of days. Ask, have you taken a promise from God about this? If so, are you certain that God shall never break his promise? Or do you ascribe to him that which you do not know? It is not so, for whoever earns evil will meet an evil fate and be besieged and overwhelmed by his or her sins. Therefore, such people shall be in hell and remain therein forever. But those who have faith and do righteous deeds shall be the inhabitants of paradise. They shall remain therein forever. Recall, when we took a firm pledge from the children of Israel to serve no one and no thing besides God, to show kindness to parents, relatives, orphans, and the needy, to speak to people in a good manner, and to establish prayer and give zakat. All but a few of you turned away and turned your back on this exhortation. Recall when we took a pledge from you. You shall neither shed your own people's blood nor expel one another from your homes. And you pledged and testified, knowing full well what would happen if you broke your pledge. Then you killed one another 
and expel the group of your own people from their homes in selfishness and transgression. You even backed one another against them. And yet, if outsiders had brought them to you as prisoners, you would have paid their ransoms. This, even though expelling them, thereby causing them to be captured, was forbidden for you. Do you believe in one part of the book, the Torah, and deny another part? Then what should be the recompense of someone who does this, other than disgrace in this worldly life? And on the day of judgment, they will suffer the harshest punishment. Know that God is not unaware of what you do. They sold the hereafter for the life of this world, and so their punishment shall not be reduced and they shall not be helped. Certainly, we gave Moses the book and followed him with prophets, bringing the same message of divine unity. And, at a milestone in this history, we gave Jesus, the son of Mary, clear proofs in the form of miracles and supported him with the Holy Spirit. So why, whenever a prophet brought you that which you did not accord with your ego's desires, did you act arrogantly and not believe him? Why did you deny one group and kill another? They also say, our hearts are closed. But this is not the case. Rather, God has cursed them, banished them from His mercy, by depriving them of the ability to grasp the truth, for their lack of faith. So few of them have faith or truly believe. And... When a book from the Divine Presence came to them, one that confirmed that which is with them of the Torah, even though before they had prayed, hoping for the final messenger's appearance, for victory over the disbelievers, the idolaters of Arabia. So when there came to them what they recognized from the Torah's glad tidings, they denied it. So may the curse of God be on the disbelievers, those who deny the truth. Evil is that for which they, the arrogant and prejudiced Israelites, have sold themselves out of delusion. By denying what God has sent down to His messenger, out of envy they had expected an Israelite prophet that God should bestow signs and truths out of his grace on any of his worthy servants, that he wills, regardless of his ethnicity. Thus, they earn wrath upon wrath. A humiliating punishment awaits the disbelievers. And, when they are told, Believe in what God has sent down to the prophet, they reply, We only believe in what was sent down to us, and thus they disbelieve whatever came after it, although it is the truth and confirms what is with them. Say, if you are truly believers in the Torah, then why would you kill the earlier prophets sent by God? Certainly, Moses brought you clear evidence, and yet after him you worshipped the calf and became wrongdoers. Recall when we took your pledge, 
raised Mount Sinai above you and warned you, Hold on with power, in earnest, to what laws we have given you, and listen to its truths. But they replied, We hear and we disobey. Their hearts had been imbued with love for the calf due to their disbelief. Say, if you truly believe in what you claim to believe, then how evil is that to which your faith bids you? Say, if the abode of the hereafter with God were exclusively for you, as you claim, and not for anyone else, then wish for death, so that you will reach paradise more quickly if you are truthful. But they will never wish for it because of their deeds which have been sent ahead, and God knows best the condition of the wrongdoers. In fact, you will surely find them the greediest of all people for life, even greedier than the idolaters. For it seems that each of them wants to live for a thousand years, even though such a life would not deliver any of them from the punishment were he or she to live for so long. And God sees best what they do. Say, whoever is an enemy of Gabriel should know that he has brought it, the Koran, down on your heart by God's permission, confirming that which has been revealed before it, and as a guidance and good news for the faithful. Whoever is an enemy of God, his angels and messengers, and Gabriel and Michael, should know that God is indeed the enemy of the disbelievers. We have certainly sent down clear signs to you, and no one denies them except the transgressors, those who disobey him out of their greed for this world. Whenever they, the Israelites, made a pledge with the Prophet and the Muslims, would not a group of them cast it away? Rather, most of them do not believe. When a messenger was sent to them from God's presence, confirming that which is with them, a group of those to whom the book had been given cast it behind their back and placed their personal desires, prejudices, and tribalism in front of it, as if they did not know anything about the Torah's teachings. And, instead of the Koran, they followed those things, legends and fables. The devils, devil-like priests, told them about Solomon's reign and associated it with magic and sorcery. But Solomon did not turn into a disbeliever. Rather, it was the disbelieving devils, devil-like people, who taught the people magic and misused that which was sent down to the two angels, angel-like beings, at Babylon, Harut and Marut, who would not teach anyone without first saying, We are only the means for a test, so do not be faithless by misusing what we teach. But they would learn from those two how to cause a man and his wife to separate although they could harm anyone with it only by God's permission. And they would learn that which would harm them and bring them no benefit, even though they certainly knew that anyone who buys it 
this magic has no share in the hereafter. Surely evil is that for which they sold their souls, had they only known. If they had been faithful and wary of repeating these superstitions, this certainly would have given them a better result with God, had they only known. O you who have but do not act upon faith, do not say, Raina, pay attention to our condition, but rather say, Unzurna, give consideration to us. Listen to the Quran's verses and know that there is a painful punishment for those who deny its warnings. Neither the people of the book who disbelieve because of their prejudicial denial of the Quran and prophethood, nor the idolaters are happy that any good should be sent down to you from your Lord. However, God selects for His mercy whichever of His servants He so wills, determines to be worthy. He is the possessor of great grace. For every sign, whether in religion or in nature, we abrogate. We bring forth from the soil, time, or minds of people one that is better than or like unto it. Do you not know that God has power over all things, for only He gives order and proportion to everything. Do you not know that dominion of the heavens and earth belongs to God, and that aside from Him you have no protector or helper? Do you Muslims wish to make of your messenger the same demands that the Israelites made of Moses? Whoever places disbelief in the place of faith has surely strayed from the right path. Many of the people of the book are eager to return you to disbelief after you have found faith due to the envy they feel toward you deep within their hearts, the core of their being and mind. This after the truth had become manifest to them. So be patient, forgive, and be indulgent until God brings about His edict concerning them. Indeed, God has power, might, and determination over all things. Maintain the prayer to draw closer to God and give zakat to purify your souls and strengthen your social relations. Whatever good you send ahead, be sure that you will find it with God. Surely God sees whatever you do. The people of the book say only Jews or Christians shall go to paradise. This is only a hope of theirs. Say, bring your proof if you are truthful. Yes, indeed, whoever submits his or her countenance, goal and plan in life to God and also does good shall have his or her reward with his or her Lord. There shall be no fear upon them, nor shall they grieve. The Jews say the Christians are not standing upon anything. Their beliefs have no basis in truth. The Christians say 
the Jews are not standing upon anything true. They are so clueless, even though they all read the book. Those people who know nothing from the Holy Scriptures say the same as them. So what is the difference between them? So in this way, God will judge between them on the day of resurrection about those things over which they deferred. Who is more unjust than the one who out of sectarian prejudice prevents God's name from being mentioned in mosques and strives to ruin them? They should enter this spiritual space only in a state of fear due to their evil deeds. They shall be humiliated in this world and suffer a grave punishment in the hereafter. The East and the West, meaning all directions, belong to God, so His face lies wherever you turn. God encompasses and knows all. They, the Christians, say, God has taken a son for Himself. Transcendent is He above such ascriptions. Rather, whatever is in the heavens and earth depends upon Him and all are devoutly obedient to his command. He is the originator of the heavens and earth. From nothing, for any matter he decrees, comes to pass, as soon as he says, Be. Those who have no knowledge of a human being's potential, development, and relationship with God, ask, Why does God not speak to us, or give to us a clear sign. Those who came before them ask the same question. How much their hearts are alike. We have made clear the signs for those who are certain in their faith. We surely sent you, O Muhammad, with the truth to give glad tidings and warnings. However, you are not responsible for the inhabitants of hellfire. The Jews and the Christians will never be pleased with you until you follow their religion. Say, God's guidance is true guidance, as opposed to what your religious leaders fabricate in His name. If you follow their whims after knowledge, the Quran, has come to you, you shall have no friend or helper against God. Those to whom we gave the book and who read it as it is supposed to be read, attentively and with a pure heart, believe in it, the Quran. Those who deny it are the real losers. O children of Israel, remember my special blessing that I bestowed upon you, and that I gave you an advantage over all other nations. Guard yourselves, from the consequences of your deeds on a day when no person shall be punished for another. No equivalent compensation shall be accepted from them. No intercession shall benefit them, and no help shall be sent to them. Recall when his Lord tested Abraham with some words of consequence, and he fulfilled them fully after which he said, I am making you a leader of people. 
Abraham asked, and from among my descendants also. He said, My covenant does not extend to the unjust. Recall when we made the house, the Kaaba, a place of return for people who have strayed from the truth and a safe shelter, and said, Take Abraham's station as a way to approach God. We made a covenant with Abraham and his son Ishmael. Purify my house for those who go around, those who make it a retreat, and those who bow and prostrate. Recall when Abraham supplicated, My Lord, make this land a town that is safe from the feuding tribes, and provide those of its people who believe in God and the hereafter with sustenance. He replied, As for the disbeliever, I will provide for him and her a worldly sustenance that is little compared to the hereafter's abundant sustenance, and then will shove him and her toward the punishment of the fire, an evil fate. Recall when Abraham raised the house's foundations with his son Ishmael, and they prayed, Our Lord, accept it from us. Indeed, you are the all-hearing, the all-knowing. Our Lord, make us submissive to you, and from our progeny bring forth a nation of the same mindset and submissive to you. Show us our rights of how to worship you and accept our repentance. Indeed, only you are all clement, the all-merciful. Our Lord, raise from among them those who submit to your Lordship, a messenger who should recite your signs to them. Teach them the book and wisdom, and purify them. Indeed, you alone are the Almighty, the All-Wise. And with such a description, who will renounce Abraham's creed of monotheism, except one who fools oneself? We certainly chose him in this world by granting him a pure character, and in the hereafter he will indeed be among the righteous. When his Lord said to him, Submit, he said, I submit entirely to the Lord of the worlds. Abraham enjoined this submission upon his sons, Ishmael and Isaac. And Isaac enjoined this upon his son, Jacob, saying, My children, God has indeed chosen this religion for you, so die only in a state of submission to him. Were you witnesses to the handing down of this monotheistic pledge from one generation to the next, when death approached Jacob, and he said to his children, Joseph, his eleven brothers, and their sisters, What will you worship after me? They said, We will worship your God and the God of your fathers, Abraham, Ishmael, and Isaac, the one God. Only to him do we submit. That nation has passed away. Its harvest shall be its own, and your harvest will be your own. You will not be asked about what they used to do. 
But despite these ancestors, they, the people of the book, say, You must be either Jews or Christians to be guided. They prioritize their religious identity over submitting to the truth. Say, No, rather, we must follow the truthful religion of Abraham, who was never an idolater. You Muslims say, We have faith in God, in that which has been sent down to us and to Abraham, Ishmael, Isaac, Jacob, and the twelve tribes of Israel, in that which Moses and Jesus were given, and in that which the other prophets were given from their Lord. We make no distinction among them and submit only to him. So if they believe in the like of what you believe in, then they are certainly guided. If they turn away, then they are the ones who are creating factions and opposed to the truth. So do not worry. God will soon suffice you against their evil, as he is the all-hearing, the all-knowing. When purified from the hue of fanaticism by the hue of God, then enter Abraham's religion. And who colors better than God? He alone do we worship by receiving his hue and beautiful names. Ask, will you dispute with us about why God chose one of our own as a prophet, while he is our Lord and your Lord, and our deeds are connected to us, and your deeds are connected to you. And we worship him purely, without the hue of prejudice and idolatry. Do you say that Abraham, Ishmael, Isaac, Jacob, and the tribes, the spiritual heads of the twelve tribes of Jacob's descendants, were really Jews or were Christians? Ask, who knows better, you or God? Who is a greater wrongdoer than one who conceals a testimony that is with him or her in the Torah or the New Testament from God? God is not unaware of what you do. That nation has passed away. Its harvest shall be its own, and your harvest will be your own. You will not be asked about what they used to do. The foolish people, the stubborn and prejudiced members of Medina's Jewish tribes, will soon ask, Why did they turn away from the Qibla they were following? Reply, To God belong the East and the West. He guides whomever he wills to a straight path. Thus, we have made you a middle nation, so that you may be role models, non-sectarian, broad-minded and unbiased to the people and that the messenger may be a role model, visible exemplar of divine unity exhibited in his worship, faith and morality for you. We only changed the Qibla you were following in Medina to reveal those who sincerely follow the messenger from those who turn back to the era of ignorance by continuing to face the Kaaba. It was indeed a hard thing to accept the change in direction of their Qibla, 
except for those whom God has guided. But God would not let your prayers go to waste, for surely He is most kind and merciful to humanity. O Prophet, we certainly see you turning your face about in the sky, longingly and impatiently expecting our command to turn toward Mecca, and will surely turn you to a qibla that will please you. So now, turn your face toward the holy mosque, and wherever you Muslims may be, turn your faces toward it. Those who were given the book, the Torah, and the New Testament surely know that it, the Qibla, is the truth from their Lord. God is not unaware of what they do. Even if you bring those who were given the book every sign of this change's validity, they will not follow your Qibla, and you shall not follow their Qibla, nor will any of them follow the Qibla of another for they disagree even among themselves. If you follow the theories based on their desires after the knowledge that has come to you, you will indeed be a wrongdoer. Those Jews and Christians to whom we have given the book recognize him, either the prophet or the qibla, just as they recognize their sons, from the clear descriptions of him in their own scriptures. But some of them indeed conceal the truth from their followers while they know. The truth to change the Qibla and your mission is from your Lord, so do not be among the doubters. Each nation has a goal, Qibla, that God turns from one direction to the one that will truly help them develop and mature. So, instead of arguing with others about the prayer direction, compete with one another in good works, and know that, wherever you may be, God will bring you all together on the day of resurrection. Surely God is the one who determines all things. O Prophet, from wherever you set out, and whenever you turn aside, from the Qibla of Abrahamic monotheism. Turn your countenance, always turn your face in prayer and your heart toward the holy mosque. It, the change in Qibla, is surely the truthful decree from your Lord. And God is not unaware of the things you do. O Prophet, once more, I stress that, from wherever you set out for prayer, Turn your countenance, both physical and spiritual, toward the holy mosque, and wherever you may be, O Muslims, turn your faces toward it, so that those obstinate people from the people of the book may have no argument against you, no pretext or evidence, except those who are wrongdoers, who will dispute with you regardless. So do not fear them, rather fear disobeying me, so that I may complete my blessing on you and guide you to happiness. Just as when we sent to you one of your own as a messenger who continuously recites our signs to you, 
purifies you spiritually, teaches you the book and wisdom, laws and morals, and teaches you that which you could not have known, such as the day of resurrection, paradise and hell. Remember me so that I remember you. Thank me and do not be ungrateful to me. O you who have faith, take recourse in patience and prayer. Surely God is with the patient. Do not call those who were slain in God's way dead, for they are alive with their Lord. However, you are not aware. We will certainly test you with a degree of fear, of fighting and hunger, and a loss of wealth, lives of those near and dear to you, and fruits, whatever you earn. Give good news to the patient, those who, when visited by an affliction, say, Indeed we belong to God, and to Him do we return. Upon them are the blessings, special providence from their Lord, and a special mercy from God. And these are the guided ones. Surely, Safa and Marwa are among God's sacraments, symbolic messages. So those who make Hajj to the house or perform the Umrah commit no sin when running between them. Should anyone do good of his or her own accord, then God is indeed appreciative, all-knowing. Without doubt, those who conceal the manifest proofs and guidance we have sent down, even after we have clarified it in the book for humanity, both God and the curses shall curse them. Those who repent, make amends, and clarify their errors sincerely, those I shall pardon by returning them to my mercy. I am the All-Clement, the All-Merciful. However, upon those who disbelieve and die as disbelievers will surely be the curse of God, the angels, and all of humanity. They will remain in it, far from God's mercy. Their punishment shall not be lightened, and they will be granted no respite. The God whom you worship is the one God. There is no object, idea, or person worthy of worship other than Him, the All-Beneficent, the All-Merciful. Indeed, in the creation of the heavens and earth, the alternation of night and day, the ships that sail at sea with benefits for people, the water God sends down from the clouds to revive the ground after its death in winter and scatters therein every kind of animal, in the changing of the winds and the clouds disposed to do his bidding between the sky and the earth, in all of this, are surely signs for a people who apply reason. And yet, despite these signs of divine lordship, there are people who take up others as equals besides God, loving them as God should be loved. 
but those with faith have a more intense and deeper love for God. If only those who wrong themselves in this way could see the punishment for their deeds, then they would understand that all power belongs only to God and that He is surely severe in punishment. When, on the day of resurrection, those deceivers who were blindly followed will disavow the followers who blindly obeyed them and see themselves as innocent, they will see the punishment, while all their envisaged means of recourse, which, while they were in this world, they believed would secure their salvation in the hereafter, will be severed. Those who followed them will exclaim, If only there was a possibility of a return to the world, we would disavow them there as they disown us here. Thus shall God show them their own deeds, causing them self-regrets, and because their evil deeds have become part of them, they shall not leave the fire. O humanity, eat of what is lawful and pure in the land. Ignore what the idolaters permit and prohibit, and do not follow in Satan's footsteps by forbidding some kinds of food without any reason. He is surely your manifest enemy. He only bids you to evil and indecent acts and to attribute to God that which you do not know. When they are told, follow what God has sent down in the Quran regarding the permitted and the forbidden, they reply, No, rather, we will follow what we have found our fathers following, even if their fathers did not apply reason and thus were not guided. The similitude of the disbelievers is the likeness of one, a shepherd, who shouts after that which does not hear except a call and cry. The deniers who are deaf, dumb, and blind do not apply reason. O oh, you who have faith, eat of the good things we have provided you, and thank God if it is Him who you worship. He has only forbidden you carrion, blood, the flesh of swine, and that which has been offered to other than God at its time of slaughter. However, should someone be compelled by literal as opposed to figurative starvation without seeking to do so or exceeding the necessary minimum, there shall be no sin upon him or her. Surely God is all-forgiving, all-merciful. Surely those who hide what God has sent down of the book and sell it for a paltry gain only take fire into their stomachs. God shall neither speak to them on the day of resurrection nor purify them. Rather, a painful punishment awaits them. They are the ones who have exchanged error for guidance and punishment for pardon which has made them so patient to face the fire, the consequences. Because God has sent down the book with the truth to prevent such an outcome. Those who differ with the book, out of chauvinism and prejudice, 
are surely separated by a great chasm. From the sincere monotheists. Goodness does not consist in turning your faces to the east, the Kaaba, or the west, Jerusalem. Rather, the truly good is the one who has faith in God and the last day, the angels, the book, and the prophets, who give some of their wealth despite their love of it to relatives, orphans, the needy, the traveler, the beggar, and for freeing slaves, who maintain the prayer and give zakat, who fulfill their pledges, who are patient in times of difficulties and distress, and the heat of battle. These are the ones who are truthful in their claims of having faith and are the God-conscious. O you who have faith, retribution is ordained for you regarding the slain, the freeman for the freeman, the slave for the slave, and the woman for the woman. But if one, the killer, is forgiven by the slain man's brother, then follow up with honorable behavior and let the payment of blood money be made to him with kindness. This new law is a remission and a mercy from your Lord. Should anyone transgress after it, there shall be a painful punishment for him. O you people of understanding, there is life for you in retribution instead of revenge, so that you will be wary of submitting to your passions. When death approaches any of you and he leaves behind any property which he can dispose of as he wishes, prescribed for you is that he leave behind a will for his parents and relatives in an honorable manner. This is an obligation on those who are wary. And anyone who alters it after hearing it shall bear the consequences of doing so. Surely God is all-hearing, all-knowing. But should someone, fearing deviance or narrow-mindedness, on the testator's behalf and want to set things right between them, the testator and his or her heirs, there is no sin upon him. Surely God is all-forgiving, all-merciful. O you who have faith, fasting is prescribed for you as it was for those who were before you, so that you may be on guard against your ego's desires. That is in numbered days, but should any of you be sick or traveling, then fast for numbered days. Those who find it hard can atone by feeding a needy person. Should anyone do good of his or her own accord, that is better for him or her, and to fast voluntarily is better for you if you but knew. The month of Ramadan, in which the Quran was sent down, first to guide humanity, and, as the second level of refinement and education, to provide more advanced manifest proofs of guidance, and, third, as the criterion. So, 
let any of you who witness it fast therein. For someone who is sick or needs to travel, fast for a number of other days. God desires ease, not hardship for you. The goal is that you may complete this number of days so that you may complete this term of education and, most importantly, magnify God for guiding you. So perhaps you may give thanks for His blessings. And when my servants sincerely ask you about me, I am indeed very near. I answer the supplicant's sincere call when he or she calls me. So let them be thirsty and desire a response to attain nearness to me. Let them have faith in me so that they may go aright. On the night of the fast, you are permitted to have intercourse with your wives. They are a garment for you, and you are a garment for them. God knew that you used to deceive yourselves, so He accepted your repentance and excused you. So now consort with them and pursue what God has ordained for you, and from sunset onward eat and drink until you can distinguish the white streak of morning from the dark streak of night at the crack of dawn. Then continue to fast until nightfall. However, do not consort with your wives after you have begun your retreat in the mosques. These are God's bounds, so do not approach them. Thus does God clarify His signs for all people so that they might be God-conscious. Do not eat up your wealth among yourselves falsely while pouring it out to corrupt rulers in order to eat up part of the people's wealth selfishly, while you know it is unlawful to do so. O prophet, they question you concerning the month's lunar crescents. Say, they are natural time-keeping signs for the people and a way of determining the Hajj. It is not birr, broad-mindedness, that you enter houses from the rear to resolve issues in a manner that has nothing to do with them. Rather, birr is one who is mindful of God. Enter houses from their main doors and be mindful of God so that you may prosper. Fight in the way of God, those who fight you, but do not overstep the bounds. Indeed, God does not like those who overstep. Kill them, the invaders, wherever you find them, and expel them from where they expelled you. Persecution, fitna, is more severe than killing. Do not fight them in the vicinity of the sacred mosque unless they fight you there. If they fight you, then kill them. For such is the requital of the disbelievers. But if they give up their wrongdoing, then God is indeed all-forgiving, all-merciful. Fight them until fitna is no more and religion is for God. No one will be harmed on account of their beliefs or creed. Then if they desist, there shall be no hostility, 
except toward the wrongdoers. A sacred month in return for a sacred month. If they violate its sanctity, you can defend yourself, because all sanctities require proportional retribution. So, should anyone aggress against you, assail him as he assailed you. Be mindful of God in going beyond that, and know that God is with those who are mindful of Him. Spend in the way of God for your community's defense. Do not cast yourselves with your own hands into destruction by neglecting this. And be virtuous, help the fighters. Indeed, God loves the virtuous. Complete the Hajj and the Umrah for the sake of God. If you are prevented from doing so, then send on whatever offering, sacrifice is feasible. Do not shave your heads until it reaches its place of sacrifice. But if any of you are ill or have a scalp ailment that necessitates shaving, compensate for it by fasting, giving charity or sacrificing. And when you have security for those who enjoy by virtue of the Umrah until the Hajj, let them give whatever offering is feasible. As for someone who cannot find sufficient funds, let him or her fast three days during the Hajj and seven when you return home. That is ten complete days. This is for someone whose family does not live near the Holy Mosque, outside Mecca. Be mindful of God in violating the Hajj's sanctities, and know that He is severe in retribution. The Hajj occurs during months well known. So, whoever imposes it upon themselves by donning the Ihram, therein, must complete it and should know that during the Hajj there is to be no sexual contact, overstepping the bounds of religion or disputation. Whatever good you do, God is aware of it. And take provision, for indeed the best provision is God-consciousness. So be mindful of me, O you people of understanding. There is no sin upon you if during Hajj you seek your Lord's grace through trade or barter, considering the Muslims' affairs and strengthening one's bonds with others. Then, when you stream out of Arafat, remember God at the holy Mashar and remember Him as He guided you, even though earlier you were surely among those who had strayed. Then stream out from where the people stream out, and at daybreak sincerely plead to God for forgiveness. Indeed, God is all-forgiving, all-merciful. When you finish your rites, remember God as you would remember your ancestors, but even more so. Some people say, Our Lord, give us ease and comfort in this world. But because that is what they truly desire, they shall have no share in the hereafter. And some others say, 
Our Lord, give us good in this world and good in the hereafter, and protect us from the punishment of the fire. Such shall have a share of what they have earned, and God is swift in reckoning. Remember God in the numbered days. Then, whoever wishes to stay there for just a couple of days and then hasten off to his or her homeland, there is no sin upon him or her. And whoever delays, there is no sin upon him or her. This ruling is for one who has been mindful of God, whose haste or delay relates to taking off the ihram. Be mindful of God, and know that one day you will again leave everything and everyone behind, and toward Him you will all be gathered. Among the people is one whose flowery and false talk about worldly life impresses you, and he holds God witness to what is in his heart, although he is the staunchest enemy. And if he were to wield authority, he would try to cause corruption in the land and ruin the crops and the stocks. God does not like corruption. And when he is told, Be wary of God, his arrogance takes him toward sinfulness. For this, hell is sufficient for him. What an evil resting place it is. And among the people is one who sells his or her soul in order to seek God's pleasure. God is most kind to such servants. O you who have believed, enter into submission and obedience altogether, and do not follow in Satan's steps. He is certainly your manifest enemy. Should you stumble despite the clear proofs that have come to you, know that when his commandments are violated, God is without a doubt almighty, all-wise. Do they, those who slip and fall, still wait for God and his angels to come to them in the shades of the clouds and settle the matter of the resurrection's veracity? And to God do all matters return. Question the history of the children of Israel. How many a clear sign or miracle we had provided them, and they rejected. And whoever changes God's blessing after it has come to him should know that God is surely harsh in retribution. This world's life has been made to seem beautiful in the eyes of those who deny the higher realities, and thus they ridicule the faithful. But those who are mindful of God shall be above them, both physically and morally, on the day of resurrection. God provides for whomever He wills, without any reckoning. Before it was given a choice, humanity was a single instinct-driven community. Then, with the appearance of free will, humanity's fall and the outbreak of disagreements and enmity as a result of Satan's interference, God sent the prophets as bearers of good news and warners, and sent down with them the book with the truth that it may judge 
between the people about which they differed, and none differed in it except those who had been given it after manifest proofs had come to them, because of the aggression that was common among themselves. Then God, by His leave, guided those who truly believed to the truth of what they had been arguing about. God guides whomever He wills to a straight path. Do you who believe suppose that you shall enter paradise through mere verbal profession of faith, although you have not yet experienced the like of those who went before you? Hardships and pains befell them, and they were thrown around until even the messenger and the believers who were with him asked, When will God's help arrive? Look, God's help is indeed near. They ask you what they should spend. Say, whatever you wish to spend, but prioritize parents, relatives, orphans, the needy, and the travelers. God indeed knows whatever good that you may do, so do not worry. Fighting in the way of truth has been written for you, even though you dislike it. Yet it may be that you dislike something that is good for you, and that you love something that is bad for you. Only God knows about such things. You do not know. They ask you about fighting in the holy month. Say, it is outrageous and violates its sanctity to fight in it. However, keeping people from God's way, being unfaithful and ungrateful to Him, preventing Muslims from entering the holy mosque and expelling its people from it are more outrageous in God's eyes. Persecuting, denying true religious freedom, is graver than killing. They will not stop fighting you until they turn you away from your religion, if they can. The works of those who turn away from their religion and die without faith have come to nothing in this world and the hereafter. They shall be the inmates of the fire, wherein they shall remain. Indeed, those who have become faithful despite the dangers and those who have migrated and struggled in God's way expect His mercy. God is all-forgiving, all-merciful. They ask you about wine and gambling. Say, there is a great harm in both of them and limited benefits to the people but their harm outweighs their benefits. They ask you what they should spend. Say, ease what you can spare. Thus does God clarify His signs for you, so that you may reflect about the world and the hereafter. They ask you about the orphans. Say, it is better to set right their affairs than do nothing. If you intermingle your affairs with theirs, they are akin to your brothers. God knows the one who causes corruption from the one who brings about reform. Had God wished, He would have put you to hardship. Indeed, God is almighty, all-wise.
Do not marry idolatresses until they embrace faith. A faithful slave girl is better than an idolatress, although she might impress you with her beauty. And do not marry your daughters to idolaters until they embrace faith. A faithful slave is better than a free idolater, although he might impress you with his appearance and power. Such people invite to the fire, but God, by his permission, invites to paradise and pardon. In addition, he clarifies his signs for the people so that they may take admonition and wake up from their materialism-induced slumber. They ask you about menzies. Say, it is a discomfort. So keep away from sexual intercourse with menstruating wives and do not approach them until they are clean. When they become clean, then go into them as God has commanded you. Indeed, God loves the penitent and those who keep themselves clean. Your women are like a tillage for you. So come to your tillage whenever you like. Send ahead the seed of a righteous human being for your souls. Be wary of God and know that you will encounter him. Give this good news to the faithful. Do not allow your oaths in God's name to hinder you from doing good, being mindful of him and making peace between people. God is all-hearing, all-knowing. God shall not take you to task for what is unconsidered, done out of custom, in your oaths, but he shall do so for what your hearts have incurred, your stated and intentional oaths. God is all-forgiving, all-forbearing. Those who forswear sexual relations with their wives must wait four months. If during this time the men return to their wives, God is indeed all-forgiving, all-merciful. But if they resolve to divorce, God is indeed all-hearing, all-knowing. Divorced women shall wait by themselves for three menstrual courses of purity and are forbidden to conceal what God has created in their wombs if they believe in him and the last day. Their husbands have a greater right to take them back during this period if they desire reconciliation. The wives have rights similar to the duties upon them in accord with the norms of decency and men have a degree of responsibility and supervision above them. God is almighty and all-wise. Divorce may only be proclaimed twice. After that, the husband must arrange either an honorable retention or a kindly release. And it is not permitted for you to take back part of what was given to her as a bridal gift, unless they fear that they may not maintain God's bounds, living in accord with local customs. So if you fear that they would not maintain his bounds, there is no sin upon them 
in what she may give to end the marriage. These are God's bounds, so do not transgress them, because those who do so are wrongdoers. Then, if a man divorces his wife for a third time, he cannot go back to her until she marries and divorces someone else. If he, the second husband, divorces her voluntarily, then there is no sin upon them if they return to one another, so long as they think that they can maintain God's bounds. These are God's bounds, which he clearly explains for a people who know. When you divorce women, and they complete their three-month waiting period, then either retain them with decency or release them with decency. Do not retain them to harm them so that you may infringe upon their rights. For whoever does so certainly wrongs himself more than anyone else. Do not mock God's signs and remember His blessings upon you and the truths He has sent down to you in the form of the book, Rules and Laws and Wisdom, Morals and Ethics, to guide you. Be wary of God when dealing with your spouse, and know that God has knowledge of all things. When you divorce women and they complete their waiting period, do not prevent them should they desire to remarry their previous husbands, when both parties reach mutual consent with decency. This is advice for any of you who truly believe in God and the hereafter. Such behavior will contribute more to your growth and be purer for you. Only God knows. You do not know. Mothers, due to their instinctive feelings, shall breastfeed their children for two full years. This rule is for those who wish to complete the breastfeeding. The father must provide their divorced breastfeeding wives food and clothing according to the norms of decency. However, no person is to be tasked beyond his or her capacity to bear it. No mother shall suffer harm, a lower income, on account of breastfeeding her child, nor shall any father on account of paying to take care of his child. The heir has similar duties toward the mother and child. If they, the parents, after reaching mutual agreement between themselves and consulting others, desire to wean the child sooner than two years, there is no sin upon them. If you want to bring a wet nurse for your children, there is no sin upon you as long as you pay what you give in accord with the norms of decency. Be wary of God and know that He sees best what you do. Your widows shall wait by themselves for four months and ten days before remarrying. When they finish this period, there is no sin or responsibility upon you, the dead husband's family, in terms of what they may do with their lives 
in accord with the norms of decency. And God is fully aware of what you do. There is no sin upon you if, during these waiting periods, you hint at marriage to those women or conceal this desire in your hearts. God knows that you will be thinking of them, which is not a sin. However, do not make a secret promise with them unless you speak decently, and do not resolve on a marriage contract until the period is complete. Know that God knows what is in your minds, so beware of disobeying Him. He is all-forgiving, all-forbearing. There is no sin upon you if you break off a marriage with women before touching intimately or setting a dowry for them. In this case, the well-off must provide for them according to his capacity, and the poorly-off according to his capacity with a provision that is proper. This is a duty upon the virtuous. If you break off with them before touching them intimately and have set for them a dowry, then pay at least half of it unless her family foregoes it or the one in whose hand is the marriage tie foregoes and pays it in full. And if you forego attachment to wealth, this is closer to weariness. Do not forget magnanimity, superiority in morals and sacrifice, in your relations among yourselves, as God surely sees what you do. Guard your prayers, especially the middle one, and rise up humbly for God's sake. They are so important that even if you fear turning away from your enemy in these conditions, Pray on time, whether on foot or mounted. When you are secure, remember God as He taught you and you did not know. Those of you who are dying and leave wives behind must make a will for them, one that ensures that their needs are met for a year, without making them leave their homes. But if they leave it freely, there is no sin upon you in respect of what they may do with themselves. And God is almighty, all-wise. For women who are divorced, there shall be a provision in accordance with what is proper. This is an obligation on the God-weary. In this way, God makes clear His signs to you so that you may apply reason by using your own knowledge and understanding. Have you not considered those people who numbered in the thousands, but nevertheless fled their homes and surrendered their lands to the enemy out of fear of death? Then God told them, Die with dignity and honor, and then, because they resolved to do so, He revived them. Without doubt, God gives abundant grace to humanity, but most people do not give thanks. Fight in the way of God and know that He is all-hearing, all-knowing. Who, 
by donating to the community's defense, will grant God a good loan that he may multiply it many times over. It is God who seizes and releases, and to him you shall be returned. Have you not considered the elite Israelites after Moses? At that time they said to their prophet, Jacob, the successor to Moses, Appoint for us a king, so that we may fight under his command in the way of God. He replied, If fighting was prescribed for you, would you not refuse to fight as past experience has shown? They asked, What have we left to lose if we do not fight in his way when we have been separated from our homes and children? But when fighting was prescribed for them, all but a few of them turned away. God knows well the wrongdoers. Their prophet replied, God has appointed Saul to rule over you. They exclaimed, How can he be given command over us when we are more entitled to this position than him, as unlike us he has not been given abundant wealth? He said, Surely God has chosen him over you and increased him greatly in knowledge and physique. God gives his kingdom to whomever he wills and is all bounteous, all-knowing. Their prophet told them, Indeed the mark, the worthiness of his rule, shall be that the ark of the covenant will come to you, bearing tranquility from your Lord and the artifacts left behind by the house of Moses and the house of Aaron, and it shall be carried by the angels. Surely there is a sign in these events for you, should you truly be faithful. After Saul went forth with the troops, he said, God will test you at a stream. Anyone who drinks from it will not belong to me. Those who do not drink from it will belong to me, except for someone who draws a scoop of water with his hand. But upon reaching the water, all but a few of them drank from it. So when he and the faithful who were with him and had resisted their thirst, crossed the river, some of them exclaimed, We have no helper today against Goliath and his soldiers. But those who were expecting that they would encounter God said, How often a small party has overcome a larger party by God's leave. God is with the patient. And when they went forth to confront Goliath and his soldiers, they said, Our Lord, pour patience upon us, steady our feet, and help us against the faithless ones. Thus they rooted them with God's leave. And David, the faithful champion of Saul's troops, killed Goliath. God later gave him command and wisdom and taught him whatever he willed. Were it not for God's law of nature, repelling some wrongdoing people by means of others who sought the truth, the land would surely have been ruined. But God is gracious to the world's creatures. These are the signs of God that we recite for you in truth, and you 
O Muhammad, are surely one of the messengers sent. We gave some of those messengers superiority over others. God spoke with some of them and elevated some of them to higher ranks. We gave clear signs to Jesus, son of Mary, and strengthened him with the Holy Spirit. Yet, despite these merits, many of their followers spent their time arguing. If God had willed, those who came after them would not have fought one another after clear proofs had come to them. But they deferred, and so some of them believed, while others became disbelievers. If God had willed, they would not have fought one another, but God does whatever He wills. O you who have believed, spend out of the provision we have given you before the arrival of a day in which there is no bargaining with God, friendship, or intercession. Those who deny this are the wrongdoers to themselves and to others. God, there is no deity except Him, the ever-living, the all-sustaining. Neither drowsiness nor sleep befalls Him. Whatever is in the heavens and earth belongs to Him. Who will intercede with Him, except by His permission, His laws and systems? He knows whatever is before them, the servants, and whatever is behind them, the past and the future. And they, the intercessors, grasp nothing of His knowledge except what He wills. His seat, the basis of His governance, encompasses the heavens and earth, and their preservation is not difficult for Him. He is the All-Exalted, the All-Supreme. There is no compulsion in accepting religion, because right guidance has become distinct from going astray. So whoever denies the rebels and believes in God has without a doubt gripped the firmest handhold of salvation which will never break. God is all-hearing, all-knowing. God is the guardian, protector, and patron of those who believe. He brings them out of the manifold darkness of polytheism, disbelief, ignorance, and injustice into the light of faith and sincerity. As for those who deny, their guardians are the rebels who drive them out of the light of natural faith and human potential into the darkness. They shall be the inhabitants of hell and remain therein forever. Have you not heard of what happened to the one who argued arrogantly with Abraham about his Lord because God had given him kingship? When Abraham said, My Lord is he who constantly gives life and brings death through the natural law of aging, he, Nimrod, replied, I give life and bring death. Abraham exclaimed, If this is the case, then God brings the sun from the east. Now you bring it from the west. Thus the one who denied was astonished. God does not guide the wrongdoing to the destination of success. Or 
like the one who came upon a ruined township and asked himself, How will God revive these buried people after their death? So God made him die for a hundred years and then brought him back to life and asked, How long did you remain in this state? He said, I have remained so for a day or part of a day. He said, No, rather you have stayed like that for a hundred years. Now, look at your food and drink which have not aged. Look at your donkey. We willed this to happen so that we may make you a sign for humanity. And now, look again with your newfound insight, wisdom, and certainty at the bones. How, on the day of resurrection, we will arrange them their scattered atoms, and then clothe them with flesh. When the resurrection thereby became evident to him, he said, I know that God has power, measure, and determination over all things. And recall when Abraham said, My Lord, would you show me how you will revive the dead? He asked, Do you not believe? Abraham replied, Yes, indeed, but I only ask in order that my heart may be at rest by attaining certainty. He said, Take four birds, train them to come to you, and then place apart one of them on every mountain. Then, after a while, call them. They will come to you quickly. Know that surely God is almighty and all-wise in his order. The parable of those who spend their wealth in God's way is that of a grain that grows seven ears, each one of which contains a hundred grains. Thus does God expand the provision of whomever he wills many times over. God is all-bounteous, all-knowing. Those who spend their wealth in the way of God and then do not follow up what they have spent with reproaches and affronts to the dignity of others shall have their special reward near their Lord and will neither fear nor grieve. A kind word with forgiveness is better than charity followed by an affront. God is self-sufficient most forbearing. O you who have faith, do not render your charity worthless by reproaches and affronts. Like one who spends his wealth, having no faith in God or the last day, only to be seen by people, his parable is that of a smooth polished rock covered with dirt. A sudden heavy rain falls on it and washes the dirt away, leaving it solid and unsuitable for plants to grow upon. Those who give it to show off have no power over what they have earned here to use it in the hereafter, and God does not guide the faithless to success. The parable of those who spend their wealth only seeking God's pleasure and to steady the trembling within their souls caused by their love of wealth and material attachments, is like that of a garden on a high hill 
that, if struck by a sudden heavy rain, brings forth its fruit twofold, and, if a sudden downpour does not strike it, then at least a light shower. God sees well whatever you do. Would any of you want to possess a garden of palm trees and vines, with streams flowing beneath it, one in which he finds all types of fruit at his disposal while he is stricken with old age and his children are weak, and thus need his care and wealth. Then, suddenly, a fiery hurricane strikes and burns it down. In this way does God make clear his signs, examples, and lessons, so that you might ponder them. O you who have faith, spend out of the best things you have attained by your own effort, and from whatever we have brought forth for you from the ground. Never give that which you would not use for yourselves except with closed eyes. Know that God is self-sufficient, all-praiseworthy. It is Satan who makes you fear poverty and goads you to indecency, such as stinginess and avarice. But God promises you His forgiveness and grace in spiritual and material growth, and He is all-bounteous, all-knowing. He gives wisdom to whomever He wills, and whoever is given it has certainly been given abundant goods. But none take a lesson from this, except those endowed with intellect, those whose consciences are alert. Whatever wealth you spend in His way, and whatever vows you swear, God surely knows it, and the wrongdoers have no helpers. If you disclose your sincere charity, that is a good deed, but if you hide it and give it to the needy, that is better for you, and it will atone for some of your sins. God is well aware of what you do. You, O Mohammed, are not responsible for guiding them, for God guides whomever He wills. Whatever good you spend is for your own benefit, as you only spend your wealth seeking God's countenance. Whatever good you spend will be repaid to you, and thus you will not be wronged. Spend on the needy who are straitened in the way of God the newly impoverished immigrants, for they cannot move about in the land. Those unaware of their secrets suppose them to be well off because of their self-restraint. Their dignity does not allow them to beg. You recognize them by their self-respect and by their mark and character traits, for they do not ask the people persistently. And... Whatever good, desirable property you may spend on them, God is indeed aware of it. Those who spend their wealth night and day, openly and secretly, will find their reward with their Lord, and shall neither fear nor grieve. Those who devour usury will only be able to stand like one whom the devil has disturbed, by altering his values 
with his touch. This because they say trade is a transaction just like usury. But God has permitted trade and forbidden usury. Therefore, whoever accepts his Lord's advice and abandons usury shall keep the gains of what is past, and his matter shall rest with God. As for those who resume charging usury, they shall be the inmates of the fire, and remain therein forever. God diminishes usury until its benefit ends, but increases the blessings of charity. God does not like any sinful ingrate, all of whom worship themselves. Surely those who have faith do good deeds, establish prayer, and give zakat, shall find their reward with their Lord, and neither fear nor grieve. O you who have faith, be wary of God, and if you are truly faithful, abandon what remains of unpaid usury. If you do not do this, then accept a war from God and His messenger. If you repent, then you will have your principle, neither harming others nor yourselves. If it is difficult for the debtor to repay, then grant a respite until he can do so. It is better for you if you forgive, if you but knew. And beware of usury's consequences on a day during which you will be brought back to God. Then every person shall be recompensed fully for what he has earned and they will not be stinted in the slightest. O oh, you who have faith, whenever you contract a debt for a specified time, write it down. The scribe must write the exact responsibilities between you fairly. No scribe should refuse to write such an account as God taught him to do, so he must write and let the debtor dictate. Let him be wary of God his master, and leave nothing out. But if the debtor is feeble-minded, a minor or lacking sense, unable to give a complete account of his debt, or incapable of speech and thus dictating, then his guardian should dictate with fairness. Call two witnesses from your men. If there are not two men, then a man and two women from those of whom you approve in terms of their justice and fairness as witnesses, so that if one of the two forgets, the other can remind her. The witnesses must not refuse when they are called. Do not consider it wearisome to write it down, whether it is small or large, along with its term, for that is more just with God more upright in respect to testimony, and the likeliest way to avoid doubt about the debt's terms and conditions. This, unless it is a monetary transaction concluded immediately by exchanging goods for money between yourselves, in which case there is no sin upon you if you do not to write it. In such a case, take witnesses when you make a deal, 
no harm should be done at scribe or the witness for that would be a sin be wary of god and god shall teach you these things god has knowledge of all things if you are travelling and cannot find a scribe then take something as collateral if one of you trusts the other and does not require any collateral then let the trusted one deliver his trust debt and be wary of disobeying his lord do not conceal testimony that has been given for any one who does so to benefit one side or the other his heart is truly sinful god knows well what you do whatever is in the heavens and earth belongs to god whether you reveal or conceal what is in your hearts god will hold you accountable for it then god will forgive and punish whoever he wills god has power over the accounting and measure of every action the messenger has faith in what has been sent down to him from his lord and all of the faithful have faith in god his angels his scriptures and his messengers this broad vision causes their hearts to testify that we draw no distinction between any of the messengers and they say we hear and obey our lord we ask your forgiveness and to you is the final destination of all transformations god does not burden anyone beyond their capacity whatever good they earn is to their own benefit and whatever bad they acquire is to their own detriment our lord if we forget or make mistakes do not take us to task our lord do not burden us with the effects of sins as you burdened those who were before us do not weigh us down with a load we do not have the strength to bear excuse us forgive us and have mercy on us you alone are our master so grant us aid and victory against the faithless ones